So everyone's always Pretino started now. Yep. The music's just faded out. Yep. Uh, welcome to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. This week we're talking about Super 8. Last week was X-Men. And we're stopped counting. We're not counting these things anymore, are we? Mm. Super 8, man. So yeah, we saw Super 8 this week. I imagine there's going to be a gush fest. So I imagine we're, I'm even got love we're going to be doing... I saw it at the VMAX. It was shiny. We're going to be doing our Chris Farley impersonations of, you know this bit? That was awesome. Yeah. You know this bit? That was awesome. So it's going to be one of those. I imagine it's going to be not spoiler free. So It's chocker full of spoils. We're just going to be going, you know, at the end when he shoots everyone? That was awesome. Yeah, exactly. What's so good about VMAX? For only two bucks more, it was kind of good. Flash, because... uh, flash seats, they were more comfortable, they were bigger, more leg room. The screen was fucking huge, the sound was right up, and the tables were really nice and shit, soft lighting. And tables? The little things where you would put your Coke and popcorn. Oh, they don't even have those in the other one. They have that tiny hole. This one's got a little table with a tiny light shining on it and shit. Oh, wow. And big, lush seats. Two bucks more, the screen and the music's worth it. Mm. It's totally my new blockbuster viewing room. You know, when I go to the movies, it costs me $10.50. When yeah. you go, you buy the extra for VMAX. You yeah. always buy a Coke yeah. and Jeffers. Yeah, exactly. And I'll pay for my girlfriend, so it's only going to cost me 40 bucks. What a cheap night. Yeah, and if we go to St. Luke's, I don't have to pay for parking. And there's zero risk of a warrant of fitness. Fine. <laughs> That's how I roll. Yeah, no, 40 bucks is a cheap night. I'll give VMAX a turn. Mm, it was all good. For this sort of film, like that train crash. It's hardly an effects extravaganza, though. But go on, what do you reckon? It was damn good. I didn't know much about the story at all that turned out because I didn't know that they were all involved and there was sheriffs running around and soldiers running around and that sort of shit. Clearly, I hadn't watched the trailer. Was that in the trailer? Can't remember. There were multiple trailers and teasers and shit coming out. It was awesome. J.J. Abrams can direct, man. Not that anybody had any doubts about it. He hasn't directed a lot. Star Trek and Mission Impossible 3. Yeah, it's hardly like anyone was like, wow, this guy's the best ever. Oh, I was. Star Trek was pretty incredible I thought for really? what he was doing yeah and I mean Cloverfield everything else he's touched as well although I haven't seen much of his TV I've only seen Lost and mm. what else did he do List Man Alias Felicity Fringe this is Fringe. a big one at the moment so yeah I think he's cemented himself down as awesome now no I was correcting you on one single fucking word you just said what an incredible director Actually, it's only the third thing he's directed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't think either of the others were amazing. He saved Mission Impossible series. Yeah, it was quite fun. And he's saved Star Trek as well. Okay. Well, I mean, that was maybe Star Trek was never going to die, but that new Star Trek film was miles better than the last of the Next Generation movies. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've never seen one. They were really plummeting, and now the new one is like light years above it. It was like an effective reboot. It was the Batman to the Batman series of the Star Trek series. Start again. They're all young, good actors. Jay Owens directs. It's action through the shit but not terrible amounts of it. Yeah. Through the shit. Quite of the day. No, it was really good. Star Trek or Super 8? Star Trek. You can go Super 8. What do you think about it? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I read no. something the other day that said, who do you think it's for? It was like a poll on uh, flicks. Yeah. What were the choices? Kids, adults, everybody, something like that? Mm. What do you think? On the spot, on a podcast. I don't know. I wouldn't say just for kids because it was more than adequate for my age. I consider myself adult most days. I think it was aimed exactly at us. I think the youngest people possible that can still remember the 80s properly, our generation. It looks like an 80s film. Right. The fact that it's set in 79, that's... I wonder if E.T. was set in the year it was made. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that, 80s films. Maybe a lot of them were set in the 50s and shit. They're all running around with bomber jackets. Mm. Back to the Future was set in... I think Back to the Future today. That's a near-perfect film. I was thinking about it because of this, because it's like warm fuzzies oh, from, right. from the 80s-ness of it all. The one that this made me think the most of actually was It. Really? The Killer Clown film? Yeah, well, the kids on an adventure film, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't as fantastical as Goonies, pirate ship and shit. It wasn't as friendly as E.T. I saw it more like It. 
the gang kids running around. Each of the kids has their own little thing. Yeah, each of the kids have. It's their own all thing, shot from the perspective of the kids, like more so than Stand by Me or anything. But they all had that same feel. That was the beauty of it. I haven't seen a film based on kids aimed at adults mm. with a fucking scary monster and like great sound cues to give you frights. It was fright packed. Like they're in the bus at the end, they're driving away. You know that bus. Sorry, were you waiting for me? <laughs> Yeah. To say, mm. Yeah. And it swipes them. Yeah. Comes there out was, of nowhere. That there shit was twice. Was... There was then and then when they're in the house after they... And it explodes. When the tanks, yeah. Yeah. The mid-sentence. Those are great. Yeah, it was. Let's go to the cemetery. I think we're boom. <laughs> yeah. No, that was fucking awesome. The whole thing, as well as the train. Not just the train, actually, the whole start. The whole fucking start of the film was incredible. Those little kids acting. What a great side plot. And named after it. Super 8. Named after the fact that the whole team of kids is making a film. Mm-hmm. Great after a weekend of making films. It was fun <laughs> to watch, man. I didn't even know why the dad was angry at him. Because, you know, he's like, monster makeup and stuff. These kids are awesome, man. Fuck, I wasn't this productive when I was a kid. Yeah. I was real into that side of things. So basically, yeah, this is a bunch of kids making a movie in their spare time for a competition. How old are they supposed to be? 13 or something? 12? Making a monster movie, there's a big train crash while they're filming at a train station, they catch it on film, then weird shit starts happening in the town, the military all arrives, and it's a mystery that unfolds from there. I but it's all kind of shot from the perspective of the children. And you just cut off there enough of the train crash. When they go and meet Old Man Wilkins, or whatever his name is, they call him the science guy. There was that line, oh, that's the science guy, or something like that. That's awesome. That was totally something you'd hear off Scooby-Doo. <laughs> this old man Wilkins is a science guy that lives on the hill. At... <laughs> that's not just general nice. What about the monster? Should we give it away? <laughs> no, I was just going to leave that to later, because that'll be one of the few flaws. This film was maybe not near perfect, but it was way up there. Uh, I found it full of fucking magic. A lot of films you watch and go, that's awesome. I could sit down and write one of these. I hope it will be as good as this. This one was one of those ones you're like, how did they do that? That was just magic. So this is mainly a gush fest, yeah. except the monster. Have you seen Cloverfield? Mm. You didn't think they were very similar? Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't like the monster in Cloverfield either? You did? I thought they were pretty good looking monsters, both of them. No, I no. thought they were a bit like the host for a little while there. Really? I mean, the host is much cooler in broad daylight and shit like that, but the way it's sort of not shown for the... Oh, right, right, right. Half. Like, not the monsters are similar. The portrayal of the monster. Yeah. I would no, have I'm not, it I'm stayed not... in the shadows like that. You know when the guy went up to fix the wires or whatever, and he could see over the trees? Yeah, that was fucking Jurassic Park reference through and through. What a homage. Oh, I don't recall. Maybe. I'll explain. There's a scene exactly like in Jurassic Park where, like, they look up over a fence at something feeding and attacking a car. You say, it's exactly fucking that. Maybe. I'd have to pre-watch Jurassic Park. But yeah, I'm pretty confident. 100% guesstimate. <laughs> I would have preferred he stayed in the shadows like that. So then at the end there, when he's a full face reveal, mm. psychically communicating with the boy. Spoiler. Wasn't they, terrible. They, yeah, they, couldn't, they couldn't have him in the shadow for that part. He needed to be in the daylight once you've written that into the script. Yeah, I'm just saying that wasn't my favourite part of the film. Mm, mm. You could have just cut that out. Yeah. In your least favourite part of the film, I thought he didn't look too bad though. For a monster in full sunlight. Not as good as a host. Okay. You thought it was terrible? You've seen better? No, but I actually can't think of any off the top of my head that I think are better. I very rarely like the alien designs. Can't think of any off the top of my head. Oh, Alien. Predator. Right, yeah, yeah. It was weird. I liked the whole organic making him quite smarter than he was. Because, yeah, I keep forgetting he's an alien and not a monster. To me, they don't often get that right. The alien slash monster thing and how scary is it in relation to how he communicates or how he strategizes. To me, if he really has that awesome technology, those bricks that fall apart or whatever, he seemed really feral. Like, I don't think they got that balance quite right. Yeah. But I don't care. It didn't matter. It was fucking awesome. I liked much more about the film than the monster. Totally. That train crash was awesome. The dad was awesome. The dad was awesome? 
Yeah, I thought so. Character was pretty good. And I like that guy. I don't know what I know him from. I thought he was good. You pick him out over anyone else. Who else is in there? The bad soldier. The other kids. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about kids in kids' film. Can't make them without him, but I can't judge him. I can't tell who's that kid and which one's acting. You know? So your favourites were the monster, then the dad. <laughs> is that what I've said so far? <laughs> That's just so random. I'm just wondering. Uh, he's been in King Kong, The Day the Earth Stood Still, The Kingdom. Apparently I know him. He was a regular on Tour of Duty back in the day. I don't really recognise him. And he's got a huge series on at the moment, Friday Night Lights, where he's the main character. No, he didn't stand out to me at all. Actually, if anything, once again, sounds like I'm picking on it. So, my review is, this thing is fucking incredible, it's awesome, and 95% of it is near perfect. With that out of the way, <laughs> if anything, I really didn't like the relationship with him and the kid. It's point A, it didn't seem to have much of a place in the film. Point B, I didn't like the relationship with him and the other adult, oh, Alice's yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. And point was I counting or doing letters? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Three, point C slash three. My third point was the adults were just so much worse than the kids at their jobs. Like, the kids did all the saving. Adults are really inadequate in films where it's taken from the kids' point of view. Yeah, totally. I think there's a formula to it. At one stage, they'll need the help from a teen <laughs> to drive them somewhere. Like, there's always someone that's half across the world to adults. Half the bridging point. Could be right. Josh Brolin in the Goonies. Was he Josh Brolin? Hmm. Crazy. But no, man, that train crash sounded great. <laughs> That's your one-line review. Yeah. That was a real good set piece, that whole train crash was great. It just went on and on. So good. But well before that, the kids sitting up on the station and the rehearsing. Yeah, totally. That was a good set piece. And the other one was when all the tanks went crazy and that had that big sweeping shot of the kids running through the playground. And yeah. Dodging into someone's house. In and, and out of houses, All yeah. the tanks can't control themselves and it just fucking blew blowing everything up. Actually, it was a good cut to that soldier as well. I've seen that before. Like a smash cut straight to a soldier. Like It opens on a close-up of his face on a walkie-talkie, screaming the situation to someone who's not there. Cut! Exposition! Cut to action! So you cut on a soldier going, oh, they're coming through the walls and they're... Like, I think it's in Starship Troopers. Yeah, man, it's totally, it's a filmic thing to do. Pause on YouTube <laughs> that shit right now. Because if you didn't have him, you might watch him and then you'd leave and jump on the IBB boards going, question... Why are all the bullets spiraling out of control? <laughs> so to interrupt that, it's like, smash cut. All the bullets are out of control. I can't control them. Pan. Show. Right. Yeah, nicely done. J.J. Abrams knows his filming devices. Those were the good set pieces. The end ones weren't nearly as interesting. But you did write all the stuff with them sitting up the cameras and stuff. I love the kids and the relationship between the kids. Hanging out in this room with the models. And but a lot that, of it seemed really that realistic. That shoots out the wall. That was quite a big fright. Fright? But the way that it dealt with the kids, the way the kids talk to one another... And the relationship that starts up between Joe and Alice. All that stuff that I thought yeah. was amazing. It's perfectly balanced. Just everything's right about it. Everywhere they work so hard to make it just right. So when you're over in the director's house and all the siblings are running around and shit. I've been in houses like that. That's exactly right. Yeah. So and he's got his own it. mission going in the corner. He's in the corner watching the TV with his own thoughts. Yeah. Everyone else is oblivious to it because the house is fucking... A nightmare, yeah. A madhouse. It really did feel like an 80s film. But with the sort of technology to have train crashes. What about the side plot of the... Not the side plot, the plot, I suppose, of the scientist guy, Dr. Scientist, mm. where they find his footage and shit and feeding it meat. Yeah. Feeding it meat. He was a bit grim when he goes, Go! <laughs> like that. You couldn't afford much love for him because his only scenes were very desperate scenes. Sorry, not just him, but the mm. whole plot of it that had the creature for a while and the whole monster and everything. That wasn't the part I was interested in. Didn't take away from it at all. That's not the part I was interested in. I was interested in the kids making movies and the kids going on an adventure. Yeah. So no, what do you I'm, think of that? That's what I'm trying to get at. The angry military guy, the burning the field and shit. But I suppose you needed that final battle with the tanks. I didn't mm. like all the build up to it. It seemed they were particularly, maybe not stupid, but you know, looking for typhrons, being mean to the detective 
All the adult conflict, yeah. Yeah, I wished it would have been pushed more into the background. Like, there was that one great scene where they were filming their scene in front of the army scene. Yeah. When he chucked on a uniform and they were making their little short film in front of the adults. With the adults in the background like that, that was brilliant. It was hilarious. It was clever. 90% of the film was shot from the kids' point of view. I wish they'd made it 100%. Don't cut to scenes of two adults talking. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. It felt like they needed a bunch of adults driving it along just in case we didn't believe what the kids were doing. Yeah. The kids are struggling their best to find this out, but in the meantime, there could have been shit going on, but instead we were filming the entire way. Mm. Now we're going to commence Operation Blah Blah. No, I like the stuff when the kids were making films. Yeah. Being awkward in each other's parents' houses. Mm. Cool. Also, I wanted to drop in Elf Annie. You said you know daughter. the kids. Okay, she was fantastic. Yeah. I was a big fan of Dakota when she was younger. When she was Dakota, yeah. I haven't seen many of her late teen roles. But now Elle is looking like she's pretty fucking phenomenal. Because I saw her in Somewhere earlier this year. Yeah. And that was a co-lead. This is a co-lead as well. And man, she's a fucking incredible actor. When she does that little scene on the train platform, when she's acting in a film within a film. Yeah, and they're all... Not just them. Yeah. I was. <laughs> wow. She's really good. She's only 12, uh, Elle Fanny, which is A, pretty fucking incredible performance for a 12-year-old. When this was made or now? She turned 13 like two months ago, sort of thing. But the main kid's 15. She was like way taller and way supposed older, to be yeah. older. Yeah. But yeah, he was 15, she was 12. Crazy. Yeah. I wonder how old the little explosive kid was. Turned yeah. 14 during filming. Both those, those two main kids have never acted before. Who were the two main oh, kids? Yeah. The two main boys, Joe and Charles. They were pretty fucking good. Joe guys, and man. Charles were their names. And she was Alice. Joe, Charles, Alice, Kerry. I searched desperately to work out where I knew Alice's dad from. Oh, yeah, I totally fucking know him. His credits, I definitely don't know him from these. Oh, I totally know him from one of them. So I'm stumped. Deep Impact. Yes. House of Sand and Fog. Yes. Drop Dead Fred. Yes. Black Hawk Down. Yes. Black Hawk Down, I see a lot. Mm. He was the other helicopter pilot. No, oh, was he? Him and who's the guy from Entourage? Pittman? Yes. Him and Jeremy Pittman are pilots. Fucking start of a film though. Definitely top 10 material. I'm glad I had it in my list. I'm sure it was in my list. I got two in a row. I was going on, right? X I could nearly, I think, make a dance track with the <laughs> amount of times you have said definitely top 10 material this year. It's going to be interesting actually because you've said everything's top 10. So it's going to be interesting to see what actually fits in the top 10. Yeah. That'll be exciting times. Yeah. That's probably won't make it. But it'll be up there. It was goddamn awesome. Yeah, no, it was. I'm not taking anything away I recommend it to everybody. Really. Flatmate today said she was off to see Hangover 2, and I was like, oh, you should go see Super 8. Oh, is it a comedy? I'm like, no, but it's better than Hangover 2. She's like, oh, have you seen Hangover 2? I'm like, no, but it's <laughs> no brainer. Yeah, it had funny bits in it. They chucked the stoner kid in for comic relief, obviously, and he was pretty good. But the, do you remember it ended on the comedic scene with the short film playing through the credits? Yeah. That was fucking... That was so awkward as well for half the people that stood up and they hadn't made the door yet. It was that walk back mm. and then stopped and turned, then turned completely to watch it, then realised it was good and started awkwardly looking for seats and shit because it was just going on and on because it was a whole short film. <laughs> yeah, some fucker tweeted the other day saying, yawn, the short film the kids make on the credits is better than Super 8 itself. That was their review. Ooh. Only because that short film was so good. It was pretty damn good. You know me, I'm pretty good at picking shit apart. Even though I've just said a few negatives, that was me searching desperately for negatives. Do you have any idea of what people said negative about it? No. This is the only thing I've seen negative about it. 
it. Oh, the Herald gave it like five stars, but the Stuff website gave it three and a half. And I was like, what the fuck? Who gives it three and a half? Rough. Herald, balls are giving it five. Because there's no need to even give anything five because you open yourself up to people ripping you apart. Mm-hmm. I'll give it five. <laughs> I certainly walked out of this just going, that was fucking phenomenal. And I'm going to have to sit down and work out were there any holes in it. <laughs> I was just happy with it the entire way through. It was a really good feel-good film. This movie was pretty fucking awesome. I might have just picked on it a bit, but it was fucking awesome. Totally. Totally Agreed. Was That's my wrap-up. What's on? This week we had Super 8. The week before you had X-Men. Next week's another good one because we've got Green Lantern. Nah. Not happening. Not happening? Nah. Not happening. What do you mean? Oh, there's no way I'm going to see that. You're not going to see Green Lantern? It looks fucking terrible. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. I'm not even sure I've seen the trailer, but that's irrelevant. The first green one probably blew for me. What was that called? Hornet. Yeah. I know you nothing about it. this Have one. you listened to that episode? You loved it. Yeah, whatever. It didn't matter what you said on tape. It matters what you think now. Yeah, totally. Tastes change over time. Oh. I can't remember it. I mean, that's the thing. There was nothing to remember about it. That means I can discard anything you say now. Yeah, of course you can. Like if you say, your highness was shit. Which, by the way, was on an old episode that we haven't played, you guys. We'll cut that in at some time when we're low on ammo. Yeah, is that because a cult favourite and 20 years from now it's like my favourite one of those stupid movies? Yeah, totally. Yeah, fair enough. Your Highness is fucking terrible, though, by the way. You're not getting out of that. <laughs> no, no, I've got no desire to see the Green Lantern. Well, you raced to Thor and quite enjoyed it. Yeah. How does that look any different than Green Lantern? What is it about it that's triggering this gag reflex? Maybe it's a superhero-ness. Maybe I don't like the concept of... You've got X-Men in your top ten. You enjoyed Thor. You yeah. raced to see Green Hornet. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Sorry to interrupt. No, I don't know why I have zero <laughs> love for Green Lantern. But what I'm saying is it's obviously not the superhero thing. Because you love superheroes. No, I mean his type of hero. His type of superpower. Like if they released a superhero movie tomorrow called um, Bulging Bicep Man and he was, you know, like, oh, whatever. Green Lantern. He wears a ring that can make him... Don't know. I'm weary of shit. How does that sound up to X-Men, though? Let me rephrase it. I'm not naive. I'm aware that there are shit superhero films being made on a daily basis. And I've been to some of the past and regretted it. Daredevil, The Punisher. You like The Punisher? Punisher wasn't a superhero, sorry. Uh, whatever. And I've also avoided plenty and laughed about it. That Catwoman thing. Is it Electra? Made from the chick that's on... Um... That's a Daredevil spin-off. I never saw it. Yeah, no, neither did I. Do you know why? Because it was shit. And what was um, The Spirit? Did you I see saw that? that one, yeah. No, I didn't, because word in the street was it was shit. Anyway, I've classed the Green Lantern as shit. That's why I'm not going to go see it. But based on? Based on a feeling like a shit film to me. Ah. And that's a combination of his, maybe his powers. Maybe I don't like that he's a ring. Nothing wrong with the guy, actually. I quite what like are the his actor. powers? Can his ring do anything he wants? I don't know. I'm not familiar with Green Lantern. All I know about him is put me off it. Like, if the guy robbing the bank and I can't stop him, I turn my ring into a giant sledgehammer and smash him. Yawn. Ah, oh, okay. Like he's like invincible, like endless possibilities man or something. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Who's the actor? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's alright. What have we seen him in recently? Adventureland, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, Adventureland. Deadpool and Wolverine. Blade Trinity. Yeah. Two guys, a girl, and the pizza place. Here's Van Wilder, Smoking Aces. What's that A plus? No, A plus one. What's the one with the teacher? I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Someone referenced him the other day. He's like, whoa. Maybe it was Taika Waititi. I was reading an interview with him. It was like, what was it like working with Ryan Reynolds? And Tyker's reply was like, you know, I was really, whoa, he's the musty guy from Blade. <laughs> he was cut as fucking Blade. That was so funny to think of that. Where'd that come from? He is cut. That's why he's a superhero. Was he a cut actor? Is that where he comes from? But he's got a, a niche because he's massively cut and is a comedian. Oh, right. He's probably the most cut comedian actor. Who's the guy that did Half Nelson? Ryan Gosling. Oh, I'm getting him confused. Wow. <laughs> Oh, is that where your A-plus meant? Yes. Your A-plus meant Ryan Gosling. Gotcha. 
Um, Buried was the other one. He was in Buried? Yes. That's what I'm fucking thinking of. Mm. I'm not getting Ryan Gosling mixed up. What do you mean? He wasn't a teacher in that. How did A-plus mean Buried? I mean, it did mean that, but then I realised, no, there must have been something else. All right. I'm like, I knew there was something big he was in. (laughs) One half of my mind was thinking, was it Buried? But I couldn't remember that path. And the other half was going, was he a teacher? That's when I was getting confused with Ryan. But Buried wouldn't have been as big as Wolverine or Blade Trinity as far as action star Ryan. Yeah, it was the most recent off scene. I was like, what's that thing we recently saw? Well, that was seven months ago, but recently saw. (laughs) The thing that's worried me about it is it looks too colourful and it looks like a lot of it takes place in Alien World, which um, I'm still sore from Thor. I didn't write that down. I just freestyled that shit. Nicely done, bro. Yeah, I'm totally not going to go see this. I'm hoping this is one of those reviews where you're like, oh, bro, it was terrible. Embarrassing. And I like do a little dance and go, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> this has got the look of Waste Money written on it. His alien buddies are played by, or voiced, depending on who you're talking about, Mark Strong, who's the bad guy from Kick-Ass, Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood. I can't picture him, but yeah. Jeffrey Rush. Nice. Timur Morrison. Tim. And Michael Clark Duncan. Green Mile. Bad guy is Peter Sarsgaard, who we love, from In Education and Garden State. And his dad is Tim Robbins. Taika Waititi's is a human sidekicky guy. Mechanic-y pilot. It all seems pretty decent on paper. Yeah. Big Kiwi thing, too. It's Taika and Tim Wera. And the director, I don't know this director at all, to be honest, but he was born in Hastings. What's his name? You'd think I would have written it down. No, no, if you didn't know. He's made Mask of Zorro, Legend of Zorro, GoldenEye, Vertical Limit, Casino Royale. Casino Royale was good. Yeah, I know the guy. Uh, he made the original Edge of Darkness miniseries and then the Mel Gibson remake. Been working on TV for years and billions of years. Bergerac, Professionals, which I loved. Wow. Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell, yeah. Yes, the director's from Hastings, starring Tyka and Tim Yeah, because it's cracking me out because uh, we've had two Kiwi directors do Bond films. Lee Tamahori did one. It always cracked me out. Mm, he's cracking up. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Kiwi's rockin' Bond. So you're not going to that bridesmaids. So you're going to skip. You're going to skip Green Lantern and go to bridesmaids. Ah, uh, that's funny that you'd think I'd go to bridesmaids. No, I mean seriously, it probably is funny. It just doesn't need seeing. There's no need to see it. <laughs> just sit there and just remember for a second something funny you've seen and go. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. There you go. You've got the exact same experience. You've yeah. just watched Bridesmaids. Fair enough. Are you going to see that? It looked terrible. I saw the trailer. That's not the really question. bad. I saw the poster. It looked really bad. That's not the question. I'm itching to know. Oh, yeah. I need to answer at the beginning of the sentence. Uh-huh. I'm going to see it. <laughs> awesome. You'll enjoy that. So that's fine. And now keep going with the sentence? Or? No, that's cool. Filmcast loved it. Hollywood Babylon loved it. I listened to a Brian Lynch interview on Plus One. He explained why he loved it so much. Yeah, it's got a chance of being interesting despite how fucking terrible it looks. I'll give it a go. It's worth it. I've tried a lot worse. I've seen Rango. Guaranteeing it's going to be better than Your Highness. Yeah, fair enough too. Kristen Wiig, I really like her. I first saw her doing her bit in Knocked Up. She was the TV exec. She's written this one, so. I'm joking about how much hate I'm giving it. I'm sure yeah. it's very funny and for the masses that will go and see it they will enjoy it I was joking about inviting you you're not invited oh good because unless I fucked up the screening and I was the only one in the cinema I wouldn't enjoy it if I'd have watched it with other people yeah if I'm in the cinema and someone laughs I'd turn them like you'd like rush dick motherfucker <laughs> Because I've got issues. So you're not invited to that. You're also not invited to Cedar Rapids, which opened this week as well. Just C. Riley H. Macy. Just Capitals picked it up, so that's not a good sign. But Unless it's incredible, and our friend, the new manager, which we don't know if there is one or not, the unmanaged staff, one of those two scenarios that's bound to be true. Yeah, they might pick it up. Maybe they're onto it. Could be. I'd love to know how, I mean, this is a really rude question I'm doing a ask, but I'd love to know if they made money from doing that Source Code Moon feature. Mm. Where'd they get their print of Moon from? Or like playing The Illusionist for three weeks. Was that worth it? Do they regret having done that? Yeah. No one else in Auckland did it. But maybe when no one else in Auckland picks up shit, they're in Capital and go, we imported a can of it. 
it's on its way. <laughs> we'll do you a great deal. Yeah, true. And true. that way, when they report back to head office and they're like, yo, so what that print get that we gave you? Huh? Where's the profit? And they can say, oh, we gave it to a boutique cinema in the suburbs. So, you know, factor that in mind when you open this check. <laughs> Instead of like, we panicked and gave it to a multiplex and it sat there and did nothing. Well, they're the only one that's picked up Cedar Rapids. What's the gist of that? It's about a dickhead uh, insurance agent, real naive, hasn't really experienced the world. His firm sends him to a conference in the big smoke and it's the hijinks that goes on with him experiencing the new world it's what's his name Andy from the office or Andy Bernard from the hangover one and two yeah he's the nerd the insurance nerd who goes to the insurance conference and there he meets Anne Heche and John C. Riley and hijinks and shoe that's from the director of The Good Girl which I really liked and Youth and Revolt which looks really good I haven't seen it yet though doesn't sound like my cup of tea Scorny Weaver's in it Stephen Root Bodica from Robocop the dad of that 70s show wow yeah 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 okay the conspirators on at the moment that's the uh, John Wilkes Booth Lincoln assassination mm. yeah the chick who gets uh, she's going to be hanged for being a conspirator and it's about a lawyer trying to get her off her charges that's right normally I like legal dramas but not said back then this has got to be surely American American-centric only. Nobody gives a fuck about Lincoln. The trailer put me off it. If they'd have given me less, I could have gone. But showing me what they made it look like is put me off it completely. Picture your legal room drama. I'm like, oh, I love legal courtroom dramas. Put an old American. It's like a true grit. Like, take that true grit's court scene and make it a whole long movie. Oh, sounds awesome. This looks uber serious as well. Yeah, exactly. If they'd have said that, I would be like, sounds awesome. And then they show me the trailer and it's like, but we fucked it up and it looks like this. Lots of people yeah. walking with big dresses and stuff. It's a Robert Redford film. <laughs> hey, you saying Robert Redford <coughs> fucked it up? No, I'm sure Americans will love it. It's probably going to win an Oscar. And uh, James McAvoy's the lead role. He's your uh, professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totes. Kevin Klein, Tom Wilkinson. Actually, most of these people are British, aren't they? Brits play olden day Americans better than Americans play Americans olden day. Is that a rule, is it? Yeah, I wrote that. But it's That's Flanagan. awesome. Flanagan's Law. What's that off, eh? Hey? Hey? Cocktail. It started that Aussie guy. Brian Brown. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. I've yeah. seen enough parodies to know what it is. Oh, yeah. Is it worth it? That's all right. I drop what film. I'm doing. <laughs> Have you seen the other Tom Cruise 80s films? Secret of Success and some of that? Strictly Business? And... Don't think so. It's all Top Gun. That was a bit different. That was awesome. Oh, the other ones aren't? Then I definitely don't. The other ones are like just films they were pumping out in the 80s. Only other one that's on at the moment is Lawrence of Arabia. Totally. We went and saw Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia was fucking awesome. It was pretty damn good. Huge movie. Three hours 40? All in the desert. So what is this? Your fourth watch? No, more than that. First time on the big screen? Yeah, first time on the Making big screen. Making a difference? Yeah, it was good not watching it in the lounge on a Sunday afternoon. Pausing it to make lunch because it takes that long to watch. And it was even more epic and even more grandiose and shit. Being locked in. Concentrating it. made it better. Yeah, totally. I was noticing shit I hadn't noticed before and picking up all the incredible bits. Like when I think how old that film is, I'm giving plenty of awards. All the panning shots of shadows when he's running on trains and stuff. Peter O'Toole, man fucking goes medieval on his acting there. I looked up his IMDb. The things I've seen him in are in the last 10 years. Stardust, Bright Young Things. Oh, when he plays like the super old cameo. Yeah, yeah. I've actually never seen him. All his young stuff, I've never seen him in anything before. Maybe I only know him from this, but it doesn't matter. You can tell. Like, he's is... really camp, though. Yeah, he's gay. Lawrence is gay. Oh, in real life. They yeah. didn't allude to it in this movie. No, they were alluding to it in the movie. He was acting. Just by the way he talked. Oh, yeah, no, nothing gay happened. Yeah, gotcha. sorry, yeah. Although there's talks of what happened in that Turkish... The whipping. Was there whipping and more? 
was that commander with the pencil thin moustache also gay and had found himself a pasty coloured flesh thing to play with for that night there's some speculation on that nah it was pretty good man pretty epic camels man the fucking camels I'd notice them more this time I don't know if I'm a huge fan oh, of camels or no of the movie oh yeah that's fine you don't need to be I am that was quite good nah the more I watch it man there's two assistants have you got like favourite bits and stuff you're like I love this movie because remember this part oh yeah probably okay. you've got your dialogue you said you're uh, take a knack take a knack it's a drab <laughs> <laughs> It was, um, no, it was a really good scene on the big screen, man. I noticed a lot more of the camera movements and shit like that. I noticed the sets and things. And I love a big epic scale epic. When they walk... <laughs> that's, when a, they, that's a great quote. All that shit, and even in just the officer's mess, like the whole film set in the desert was incredible. And, and all the better intents and using the sticks to keep their little shirts up to give them shade and riding camels everywhere. They're riding camels. And the camera always does things like a big pan up above them as they ride away. And then to show them trotting and chasing after one another and making the sun so important and disgusting. Like, we've got to be off the plane by night time and shit. Oh, this is the sun's anvil. Dum, dum, dum. And the fucking score. I never noticed the score throughout. I always thought it was much more prevalent in the intro and admission and outro. Maybe I've never seen the DVD and the VCR version. I noticed how, how they stuck to one theme. If, when it was a sad scene, they had a sad version of the theme. When it was an exciting scene, they had an exciting version of the theme. There was pretty much one song playing for the entire time. Mm. Pretty good, man. Two assistants. One fucking dies in the sand. The other one, he has to kill when he blows a hole in him with his dead Later. Ah, fuck. Killing the guy he rescues from the sand. You sound pretty excited. It was incredible. I loved it. It was great. I didn't realise it was that long. It didn't seem long, though. No, no, it didn't, didn't yeah, bother me. All the uniforms and boots and shit. All those dudes walking around with boots. Lays it on a bit thick, doesn't he? <laughs> no, man. So good. And the Arabs hating each other. Omar <laughs> Sharif pulling out his fucking dagger and shit. Oh, wow. No, it was great. I don't get it. They should get rid of one of the other ones and put Bridge on the River Kwai on. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Vargo's coming up this week. You're going to risk it? You might fall in love with it like you fell in love with this. Oh, no. It's going to have um, boots and what are you, uniforms and sweeping. Those are things you like. Don't mention sweeping. Sweeping camera moves, I mean. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you reckon? You think you'll risk it this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm a Sharif. Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. Yeah, cool, no, I'm definitely going to there. Also on this week, Gerard Depardieu. Got two coming out this week. My evenings with Marguerite. Do you want to go see that? Nah. Tell me about it. I'm not sure if it's in a trailer or a thing online, but he talks to some woman on a bench. Yeah. In the afternoons. Yeah. What if I told you it was from the co-writer and director of... Don't say Conversations with My Gardener. Conversations with My Gardener. Really? Same team that made Conversations... This is Conversations with My Gardener 2. Yeah. What did you think about that movie? Uh, Jared Depardieu is a bit fucking goofy, man. Goofy? Yeah, I think so. Have you seen his thrillers and stuff? What have you seen him in? Don't know. Serrano de Bergerac. No. Oh, Obelix in the Asterix movie. No. 1900 with Robert Nero. I played Columbus in 1492. Man in the Iron Mask. Mayreen, part one. Paris of 10. What have you seen him in? Don't know. What makes you think he's goofy? Oh, it's big Gaelic nose. I don't know. Why do I think that? But I'm interested now. So carry on. Is he a Ronan? It's fucking big nose. That better not be your final fucking excuse. No, I mean... They made this awesome movie, then they made a follow-up, but the main actor's got a big nose, so I'm not going to see it. For some reason, it's dropped down into hate. I wonder why. Not hate, but just not interested in it. But I am now that you've mentioned that it's, um... Yeah, that's enough. Okay. Maybe it's just his face. Look at that face. I've seen a million of his films, thrillers and cop dramas. And yeah, I don't have that. Maybe I'm getting confused with someone else. IMDb says it's about an illiterate and lonely man who bonds with an older and well-read woman. 
it sounds pretty dull, but it sounds like conversations with my gardener. It looks like conversations with my gardener. Yeah, I'm convinced, Tom. Oh, I wasn't a huge fan of that film, but it wasn't offensive in any way. It was fine. It was nice. Conversations? Oh, man, I fucking bore my eyes every time I watched that. That's a fucking beautiful, goddamn epic masterpiece. Every time. You've rewatched it, and it still was good. I watched it twice at the festival. Huh. No, maybe I saw it once, but then on DVD, and then on DVD again. Fuck. But you've seen it probably at least four times. Three. Fucking hell. Um, so he's got that coming out, plus he's got his comedy coming out, Mammoth. Mammoth? I don't know how you say it. French. Yeah. Like Mammoth, but the O is a U. No idea. I've seen this one. This is, uh, he retires, but he can't get his pension because his bosses, when he was a teenager, didn't fill in the paperwork properly. Dicks. So all this time, his pension hasn't been building up, so he gets on his Mammoth motorbike and goes on a big bike ride to look for his old bosses. And it kind of runs, it reminded me a lot of Broken Flowers in the way that it's like an old guy on a very leisurely road movie. Very dry humour, very quirky. Oh, it's pretty good. That doesn't sound bad at all, actually. Pretty enjoyable. But he's big now, man. He's got real fat in his old age. I've seen a lot of movies when he was younger and he wasn't like this. Now, he does quite a few shirtless scenes in that. He's a big man. Also, Mammoth's got Yolande Moreau or whatever. She was the mime in Paris Tim. She was in Amelie as the lady who gets the letter from her husband. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She was in the Axe, um, Seraphine, Micmax. Yeah. So, yeah, this week we got Dr. Zhivago, we got My Evenings with Marguerite, we got Mammoth, we got Cars 2. Oh, fuck, no way. No way in hell. <laughs> no way in hell. It's a shame that's under the Pixar umbrella. Maybe it's going to be great. It's are definitely you, are you, a risk. Are you going to go and see it, are you? Well, I'm going because it's got the Pixar logo on it. But this one's focusing on the two characters, neither of which I liked. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy and Owen Wilson's characters. Owen Wilson's a race car, Larry the Cable Guy is a uh, dopey tow truck. This is them going to Japan for a Grand Prix, but the dopey one gets sidetracked into a British spy mission with Michael Caine, Emily Mortimer, and John Turturro. They become British spies or something. Talking cars look really bad. I didn't enjoy the first film at all, despite its huge cast. Yeah. It's got the Pixar logo on it, though. I haven't got a choice. That's a shame. Eddie Izzard, Monk, old Tony Shalhoub. I like Tony Shalhoub. I don't Eddie Izzard. Oh, don't you? I like Eddie Izzard. Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead series is in it too. I haven't seen him. You could have seen Spider-Man. Cheech. Yeah, I'll go and see it. Bad Teacher. Speaking of comedies. I haven't seen the trailer. I've only ever read the premise and I want to go see this. This sounds like a good date film. You're not coming with me. Why? Because people will laugh and I'll be disgusted. Yeah. It's a laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, it's an American comedy. Oh. What did you think it was? I think it was more like Bad Santa. Oh, wow. You've got all these weird lines. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference between Bridesmaids Bad, and Bad Santa? Bad Santa's got a story. It's not written for the laughs. Whereas The Hangover is written just to get a laugh after laugh. After. The Hangover was awesome. It was a mystery. No, I did like The Hangover. Oh, okay, it's a bad example. Yeah. Your Highness. Oh, that's the other end of the scale. Your scales are so fucking weird, man. <laughs> I hope some of the listeners know what the fuck you're talking about. What are we talking about right now that I said was... was okay, this week on at the moment is Sea Rapids and Bridesmaids. You'll scoff and laugh and piss all over those. Bad Teacher. Oh, Cameron Diaz in the comedy? Definitely. How does that work? I don't understand your brain. <laughs> Sounds, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll, yeah, sounds good. She's gonna be all. It sounds the same as the other ones. No, it doesn't. This... What, this has got a story? It's got something I haven't seen before, maybe. Okay. Well, I've got to rant about comedy sometimes. i got to let it slip and let one through. It better be good. You're not coming with me, but why don't you get to see Bridesmaids this week instead of Bad Teacher? Oh, God, it's not even fathomable. Why not? Because I think I've heard good things about Bad Teacher and I've heard nothing about Bridesmaids. Ralph Garman loved it. Brian Lynch loved it. Filmcast, all of them loved it. And the guest, Tasha Robinson from AV Club. Loved it. That doesn't help. I've yeah. seen the trailer of the Bridesmaids. If I'd have seen the trailer of the Bad Teacher, maybe that'd put me off as well. The comedy's good until you hear one of the jokes. Possibly. I'll watch the trailer for Bad Teacher and make a call on it right now. You can catch me out. Give me a second. Fuck my ass. No, it's medicinal marijuana. Fuck off. 
Awesome. This one great. Alright. I wanna sit on his face. She hates cock. Hold my boss the first half of that trailer looked really good, then it went downhill. But, um, yeah, no, I'll go see that. The difference between this and Bridesmaids being... Bridesmaid looks terrible. It looks the same. Nah, not to me. Cameron Diaz and JT, and, uh, who was the gym teacher? Jason Siegel. I like him, yeah. And those scenarios and sitting in a school. Yeah, I like all that. Whereas Bridesmaids sounds terrible. Wedding jokes. Even the fact that it's called Bridesmaids. All the parts I saw from the trailer, it looked terrible. That's the thing. It's clearly based on my likes. Whatever jokes they showed in that trailer were working on me, whereas the ones in the Bridesmaids ones were making me cringe. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I'm happy with that. Everything about it looks fucking terrible. All those actresses, I didn't see anybody I liked. You don't like Kristen Wiig? Who? Kristen Wiig from Knocked Up. and Yeah, no, I don't know. The thing with James Franco, that thing we watched on YouTube, when he comes in and he keeps getting a name wrong, keeps calling it Kirsten. Oh, she's meant to be a reporter or something, or he's interviewing Yeah, her. they're doing a scene from Knocked Up. She's the TV exec in Knocked Up, and she's interviewing Catherine Heigl. So you at least know who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's awesome and fucking hilarious. And she wrote it. As opposed to Cameron Diaz, yeah, I'd see Bridesmaids over the Bad Teacher. Oh, yeah. Are you going to see them both? Going to see them both. Oh. Last one. Yeah. Chinese one. Beginning of the Revival. I think it's a follow-up to Founding of the Republic. Is that what it's called? Beginning of the Revival. Yeah. Beginning of the Great Revival. July 1st is the 90th anniversary of the Communist Party in China. So this is sort of, uh, you know, the country's making it to pat themselves on the backs with them. Oh, nice. So it covers 1917 to 1921. After World War One, the Western Allies gave heaps of China to Japan. Students got all riled and shit. Revolution started, and um, the Soviets sent a dude over to help establish communism. With Chairman Mao and shit came out of that. So he's in there. Someone's playing Chairman Mao. Got Chow Yun Fat, Andy Lau from Internal Affairs trilogy, Shaolin and shit. Detective D, Low Dark Cloud from Crouching Tiger, Red Cliff. John Woo's acting in it. I didn't know he acted at all, but thoughts? I really like that period of China history. I read a couple of books from it. Communism and China after the wars and shit in between the wars. That sounded awesome. How have I not heard of this? Where does it come from? They sneak it in as the Asian cinema at St. Luke's wow. every couple of weeks. They have a new one. Yeah, let's go be the white guys at that again. It's going to be like a political revolution shit rather than, uh, you know, the ones we have been seeing. Yeah, unless it's like Special three things. hours. Uh, I mean. So those are the ones that are on. We're going to decide what we're going to watch this week. Green Lantern, Bridesmaids, Cedar Rapids, or The Conspirator. No. You're going to skip this Tuesday? Next Tuesday, we got Marguerite Mammoth, the Chinese one, beginning of the Great Revival, Cars 2, and Bad Teacher. Oh, so two for me, yeah. Chinese one and one of the Gerard Depardieu ones. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to skip this Tuesday. What are we going to talk about next episode? You know, like any of the films out this week. Green Lantern, Conspirators, Bridesmaids, Cedar Rapids. Yeah, nah, I don't like any of those. Okay. Tragically. I'm not going to see Conspirator, um, but, but I'll, I'll probably see the other three. Potentially we'll be talking about the film fest pressure, so. Yeah, we could just do that. That makes sense. There is a couple of other things on. The Harry Potter Octilogy's on as well. <laughs> nice. It's a shame it's eight now, because it's always <laughs> seven deuce, yeah. Each weekend they're playing a Harry Potter. Number one and two have already gone. Number three's already gone. The number four have already gone. July 2nd and 3rd for the 5th or whatever. Oh, All yeah. leading up to 14th of July, number 7B. They're going to play that at midnight. 14th of July. Damn, that's when the film fest is on. Yeah, it's the day before. Clash. day oh. before the film fest starts. Okay. But they're going to play that at Wednesday midnight, but you can buy a ticket to watch 7A at like 9pm. So you watch Deathly Hallows 1, and then you have a 20 minute break. Then it's the premiere of Deathly Hallows 2. Are you doing that? Well, I've never seen Harry Potter. If you manage to convince me to watch the other ones first, I might go and do that. That sounds like something I could totally do. Or you were telling me about the Rialto. Oh, Rialto's got that weird 6am one, so you can watch it the day after on Thursday before you go to work. Rather than idea. staying up till 3am, you just, just go to bed. You just get up an hour early and rush to the cinema. Yeah. I imagine there'd be like a bunch of people shaving in the background and... <laughs> 
<laughs> eating cereal and shit. The midnight one sounds awesome. That sounds epic. The normal price though, so you're going to be paying thirty five bucks or something to see yeah. two of them. Yeah. For what six hours now? Plus Wendy's, hours. Wendy's in that twenty minute gap, so that's like another. Could do that. That's like another nine, so that's like forty five. So plus, we were plus thinking maybe pictures, fifty bucks to see a Harry Potter film. I could watch the first Ouch. say four rented from say Video Easy, and then go and see part five on the second of July, part six on the ninth, and then we could go and watch part the, seven, the double. one yeah. and two. Could do. We'll see if I get the balls up. I'll Wizards be, is uh, the most ridiculous thing. It might as well be about brides. No. Wizards. Wizards is as appealing as British soldiers in the desert. Do you like other wizards? Like what? Merlin and... Do yeah. you see Sorcerer's Apprentice? No, but I wanted to because it's about wizards. Do you like wizards? Yeah, that fascinated me. Wow. But I would never play them in a game where you choose your uh, type. Be the soldier or the medic or the engineer or the wizard. It's like, well, I'm not going to the wizard. Lame. <laughs> Chuck him in a movie. I'm like, wow, he's got a wand. <laughs> Looking at the cast list, Alan Rickman, Gary Oldman, Jim Broadbent, Emma Thompson, Helena Bonham Carter, Peter Mullen, Ralph Fiennes, John Hurt, Michael Gambon, Warwick Davis. Holy fuck. I love everyone in it. Yeah. Except the, you know, the main kids. Daniel Radcliffe. Was he pretty good, is he? Yeah, he was pretty good. Um, He's had like a decade of acting classes. True. <laughs> if he doesn't come out, good. Well, many don't. Oh, yeah, totally. Early Darth Vader. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more shit actors around than there is good actors. The only other thing is Film Society. Colossal Youth playing this week, third in that Pedro Costa trilogy. Yeah, I read that. It doesn't look too bad. This one's after the slums have been demolished and they've all been relocated to this big sterile fucking new location. He's sort of wandering around, missing his wife back in Africa or something. Don't know. I really didn't like the second one, but I mean, it's free for me. So Yeah. You've already missed that by the time this comes out, obviously. But I saw show the bailiff. This is the last one before they take a six-week break for the film fest. I've really, really been looking forward to this just because it's Japanese, I suppose, and old. I've never struck out with an old Japanese film, I don't think. I've loved every one I've seen, and I've seen Me. 20 and yeah. loved them all. So a governor gets exiled, and his wife gets sold as a courtesan, and their kids become slaves to this cruel motherfucker called Sancho, the bailiff. Apparently it's a heart-wrenching, what do you call it? Yeah, no, I know what It's a demolishing film about the kids and the mum trying to reunite. An interesting fact, Terence Malick wrote it into a stage play in the early 90s. Really? Never got made, but... Yeah, so that's on the film side. So, what, are you probably going to go like a week without seeing anything on the big screen? What a terrible co-host. <laughs> yeah, I know. My love for movies has waned. Now you think it just got shit out, huh? Isn't there stuff that's out that I haven't seen yet from a couple of weeks ago? Oh, what about The Tempest? It's only playing in Devonport. We need to get ourselves over there and see that. Skip the seven on this week over here. Go sure. Sounds good. Are you promising that to your film fans? It's the only way to see it, right? I'd like to check out the cinema. I would like to do that as well, actually. Grab like Burger King on the way or something. Kapow. Cool, man. Well, you guys can tune in next week and work out what we ended up doing, where we ended up taking a ferry to go and see Shakespeare or... Fuck, it looks good. Drove over or where I went to 10 movies by myself. And I angle grinded a car. It's the lull before the storm of the film fest. By the time we record the next one, the film fest for us is going to be out and it's going to be 140 incredible films for us to sort through. Exactly. We should maybe take a whole episode for that. Mm, all right. That's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch you later. We're out. Ciao.